here after this. That's the best part? Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Really not, a lot of, not a lot of great parts. Not a lot of good well. parts. No, it really... No, you, you got to take the good part. You got to take it. the bad, you know. You take the good, you okay, take the, the bad, bad, and then you roll... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> That's the facts of life. Previously on Watch and Talk. You think you're so smart, and that's what makes you dumb. <laughs> He's that radical turkey <laughs> trying to overhaul Thanksgiving. It's not like about splicing like a rat brain with like a spinach head. Let's put in a meta reference how we don't really expect you to follow this at all. Hello, everybody. This is season two, episode five of Watch and Talk. This week we are watching an episode called And, and it's-, it's Surely to the. <laughs> I thought we were going to all do it. We were going to do it. Should we sing it? Raiden chose to like attack you with saying it. Can we sing it though? And it's it's surely surely to the the credit. credit. No, we don't know this. I don't either. I just. I didn't even catch that until the second time through. And it's surely to the credit. That's good. Um, It's yeah. It's called And it's surely to their credit, which. Which is a sounds thing like that nonsense. Dumb. Previously on, read by Sam. I realized I've been slacking on that. I apologize, everybody. <laughs> but Sam read this one, and it's all Ainsley. It's Ainsley, stuff. Ainsley, Ainsley, all the time, except There's, for Josh got Josh shot, shot in the chest, and then Ainsley. Yeah, a lot of Ainsley. So, which is cool because you're like, yeah, Ainsley coming back. Josh and Donna is the first scene. Josh is shouting, and Donna is not shouting. Donna, don't shout. Donna, come here. Did you hear me say don't shout? No. You know why? Because you weren't shouting. That's right. That's right. They have a little Josh and Donna style banter over that. It's hard to shout at somebody to tell them that you don't want to shout. Um, I try it and it's... Like stop shouting. Yeah. You're like, I'm, you know, I'm not shouting with you. Self-defeating. No. Yeah. You gotta whisper it. Stop shouting. Yeah. Then they're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, isn't being quiet like a power move too? Oh, yeah. My, I was just gonna say, my boss does the, please do, this like when things get loud and crazy in his office, and it just works. So is well. he like simmering when he's saying? Yes, like he's a super villain. Like that's when he's at his most pissed off. Mm. It's very good. Yeah, smart move. Yeah. I'm gonna try saving that. energy and scaring people at the same time. Yep. They set up a plot for Josh. There's $50,000 worth of hospital bills they're saying they don't cover. And that failure to pay will result in a negative report on your credit. On my credit? On my credit. Because he went to an out-of-network hospital once he got shot, and he's not covered at the hospital with the sassy nurses, apparently. (laughs) And Sam says, don't worry about it, guy. Everything's going to be fine. And they set up a lot of stuff about lawsuits for the rest of the episode so sam and josh are in lawsuit mode um i guess sam is josh's lawyer (laughs) that doesn't yeah does he not have a real lawyer he just gets sam's got stuff to do all day at the building though they're all lawyers yeah but sam like can't help but help people around him yeah i guess it saves money too yeah because sam's probably not charging so is sam saying to him repeatedly don't worry about it because he is going to propose this lawsuit Later, or he's saying, don't worry about it, because he's actually going to get him out of his medical bills. I think he's saying, there's no way they're going to make you pay this. This is just their first inclination, bureaucracy-wise, but it'll work out. Insurance companies do. Yeah, Yeah, I don't don't think he's yet conceived of this lawsuit. Yeah, there's a moment where we see him conceive of it Ah. um, very visibly. 
<laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. You're going to be suing so many people. You're going to forget about this one. <laughs> There's Sam and Donna after that. Donna is going to bring some guests into the president's radio address. Um, this week, the president is talking about leaf peeping, which they get some jokes out of. Leaf peeping? Is that something we do now? Which apparently the people don't. People didn't know about the leaf peeping back then. Maybe it's just the phrasing of it. Leaf watching sounds well, more. Yeah, it it yeah because for initially uh, Donna says, I think it's something about leaves turning. Sure. Then she seems very confused about what leaf peeping is. Is that when you like are it's behind you, a wood a bush and you like whatever <laughs> you saying no peep Mm-mm. on people from Mm-mm. behind it? No, that's sexual harassment. <laughs> Wait, I never said it was a sexual thing. Yeah, but I but it was. No, you're the just, peeping what, I kind of implies. What if you're just like watching a family like have a picnic? <laughs> That's weird. That's a super sexy weird thing. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. The leaf peeping seems not like a serious enough subject for a presidential radio address, but I don't know. I don't listen to those anyways. He may be talking about leaf peeping every week for all I know. I just want to say that having grown up in Florida where the leaves do not change at all like you can't relate to that whatever he's saying mm-hmm. only people in like the northeast know what he's talking he's about. from new england he should know all about leaf peeping yeah that's that, true he had the privilege of growing up with leaf peeping he took it for granted he did donna is mostly concerned that the president's going to take a long time to do this because one story time a year ago he took 11 takes to record one of the addresses and Donna had to keep people there for an hour and a half and then had to give them keychains as a consolation prize. But I don't think anybody would be upset by that. It's like, oh, you get to stay in the Oval Office for longer than you thought you did and hang out with the president. Let's start at the beginning, okay? Keychains. Garbage gift. I just gave you a really cool keychain. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not looking you in the eye, but I'm (laughs) definitely speaking to you when I say... It's a utilitarian I don't need a chain. I don't need a keychain. Okay, I got a key ring. I got my keys on there. You know, I put my keys in my little pocket. You know, the little small pocket, the The lipstick, the fifth pocket. It's not a lipstick pocket, (laughs) madam, because it's in the men's pants, and the men don't wear the lipstick. Wow! Wow! Does your mother know that you hate lipstick? She does. (laughs) She's aware. I think people call it the coin pocket. It's actually called the tiny key pocket. No. But you can't use it if you have the keychain pocket. Your keys fit in there, huh? Yeah, right in here. That's too small. See? Here, bring but the camera in the, right in back here. Back in the day when people had gigantic keys, that would not have worked. But do you yeah, think, like though, a like a weirdo like dungeon key. Like that pocket yeah. forces your key to point, you know, in one direction, and so it will stab you because it's like vertical. Yeah, my of, keys are always like, hey, yeah, like yeah, we exist, like in your pocket. We're happy. I'm just saying, try putting your keys in your bigger pocket. That's where my phone goes. You both can go in there. And no, you- no, then it'll scratch you. No, 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 but like you, oh, one, no, 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 not oh, in the same one, like oh, left and right. Oh, wow, oh. <laughs> because they're very you- passionate about oh, that. Yeah. Did you know most women have one giant pocket that they carry around where they put their keys right next to all their phone <laughs> and delicate objects? Some sort no. of a pocket no my keys go in a separate part of my giant pocket also known as a handbag but i wear a backpack also known as a purse a A shoulder i'm sorry is is a pocketbook a thing yeah that's a purse a pocketbook yeah no pocketbook goes in a purse 
I thought that's where you like keep your checks. I or think something. it's kind of like those long wall. That's like a checkbook. People, it's sorry. those long wallets. Yeah, and then you used to hold your checkbook and like all it's this a, it's stuff. A purse. It's a purse. It's a synonym for a, purse. That's a clutch. It's like a little a pocketbook. It's like a clutch. I don't know. I ever heard people say pocketbook. Like only old people say that. Right. They're really old. People. My mom doesn't even say that, but she's hip and young. Anyways, all I know is if I had to sit in that Oval Office for an hour and a half, got to watch a presidential blooper reel. And then got a keychain out of the deal. I think I'd be all right. I'm sorry. Is Donna's name Donatello? Donatella. Ah, Donatella. The feminine. That's a that's a real thing. Donatella. She's like a she's a, like a ninja turtle. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. At she Leo, comes from the line of ninja, ninja turtle. Leo. Oh shit. Nardo. Tella. Leo Tella. Leonardo. Anyways, um, I can attest from not talking so good that you don't need to record something 21 times and get it right straight through because you can do some little thing called logic afterwards and the president should learn about it. Yeah. It wouldn't take him that long. Get with the times, bro. Yeah. Why can't they edit the address? Um, Anyways, Donna's got some new material. She's going to workshop on this crowd. My name is Donatella Moss. I work here in the West Wing as an assistant to Deputy Chief of Staff Joshua Lyman. Which I guess makes me deputy deputy chief of staff. The joke is um, bad. And then Sam gives her like a really excited like, yeah, that's good. Way to go. Sam's thumbs up there probably got me to laugh more than anything in this entire episode. It was really funny. Um, I laughed at both of Donna's jokes. They were hilarious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hilarious. Um, She takes the crowd into the Oval Office tells them to form a horseshoe uh not a real horseshoe and then the president starts his address screws it up once or twice and as like donna is getting exasperated they cut to the credits so it's going to be another long day of recording stuff it's weird that the one time that she brought up the time that he took 11 tries that he started doing it again maybe she cursed him maybe the credits come back in. They're in the Oval Office still doing takes. And CJ and Toby, they cut to them after that. CJ is congratulating herself on being the most pro-Ainsley person on the staff. Have you noticed that I'm one of the few people around here whose nose hasn't been out of shape over Ainsley Hayes? After initially being anti-Ainsley. And she's like, Girl She's power. now proudly pro-Ainsley. This is like a full follow-up of our criticism of last week's episode. Yeah, I actually wrote that down. I was like, oh, last week you were telling a different story. And then Toby's like, last week you were telling a different story. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Toby's got me, got my back here. There's a little bit of a casual sexism on Toby's part here that CJ picks up on. I don't think it's that she's a Republican. I think it's that she's a Republican woman and she's good looking. Well, those are three things when in combination you usually spell careerism. Well, I think it's sexist in a bad way, and I'm coming down on her side. As if, like, a woman wanting a career is a bad thing in the first place. But, like, he assumes, based on her, like, three checkboxes, what she's like. And CJ picks up on it pretty quickly. Yeah, it's like, oh, you want to be pretty and have a job? (laughs) Not be dependent on me? And then Toby says, but you're pretty, too. Um, And then CJ says... You didn't like me at first for it took two years. Is that what that means? It took two years. I didn't understand. I think he was saying that people didn't like nobody accepted her for two years. Yeah, because he's like you're pretty and smart and people take you seriously. And she's like, no, like it took two years. Was this pre when we started watching? No, no, no. No, There were episodes last season when they cut her out of of her circle. Oh yeah. And then they like they would withhold information from her, and they kind of just didn't trust her to do her job correctly. 
And then eventually she became like one of them. And they made her sing that song. <laughs> the jackal. <laughs> yeah, they did make her do the jackal. Yeah. You know, that's to, probably to keep her job. what made them not respect her. <laughs> it was that she was known for doing that. <laughs> Beautiful woman, talented press secretary, terrible singer. Bad jackal. No. Terrible lip syncer. Yeah. CJ's little plot for the episode gets set up here that um, Ed Barry, who is the Army Chief of Staff, is going to do Meet the Press and a bunch of other Sunday shows. Um, and he is an outspoken critic of the president and he's retiring. So they assume that he's going to go on there and just badmouth the president on his way out the door. And CJ dispatches Carol to get him to the office as soon as possible. Question. What the fuck is Meet the Press? Like, why did they name it that? This is Doesn't a television program that what is they... currently hosted by John Dickerson. Yeah, nope. but what's, what's the meaning Wait, of the title Chuck of that Todd. show? He's Face the Nation. Yes. Sorry. This is a television program <laughs> on the Who's TV. Me- who is meeting the press? You, we as the television audience? No. Remember the remember in this t- TV it, show it that we watched, there was a fake format. show called Beat the Press? That's what I wanted to say. I wanted to be remember capital that? Beat the Press. This is Meet the Press. And instead of actually talking about substantive issues, you give, you know, no, hand no, I, I know the cynical <laughs> view. It's just a way for people to do press releases. But like, like meet, so, and, meet and greet the press. So right. meet, meet the press used to have a different format. It was a panel of press people that rotated every uh, week. And some like big wig would come on there and they would basically do like a press conference with a panel press conference. This is good info, guys. Take this in. I didn't even know this. It was a better show back then. Oh, so they they'd like essentially throw some mandarin to the wolves in the form of like a panel of guest journalists who were vying to seem like the most t- and and they journalists. were theoretically specialized on that topic so it wasn't oh my god chuck, was that a racial it, was, metaphor? it wasn't chuck todd asking like yeah how's this going to play in november to every every <laughs> about every topic to every guest and also, can did, I just did say they this? have goatees? Guys, I'm, probably, I'm I don't think they're really anti. I don't think I you were allowed to, to keep something. a goatee back then. Listen, listen. Tuck Chad. <laughs> Cuck Todd. <laughs> More like it. I like Eric's. <laughs> but that's not a proper spoonerism. Yeah. But it's funnier. <laughs> yeah, but it's not proper spoonerism. Once I set it up, then he could come in. Then he could come in and break the rule. You know, I established the format, and then boom, with the one-two punch. I really, basically, I was responsible. I told that joke. Is spoonerism where you like forcibly spoon someone? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's rape. Uh, Spoonerism is since we swap the first. Oh, okay. But no, you swap the first letter of each word. They need to come up with a better name for that. No, it's it's a spoonerism. And on Toby's way out the door, he says. Call me if you need help with Captain Queeg. What does that mean? Um, I only I googled, I, like googled I googled the term and I copied the link to the first Wikipedia thing, but term? I still don't know what it means. No, it's from the 1951 Pulitzer Prize-winning novel by Herman Walk, The Cane Mutiny. There's a character named that. Jesus, I thought it was like Quigmire. So there are so many references in this episode. There are to so things that I that are many so. Uh, we'll get to them. So yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. I there's, didn't there's a, there's a reference in this episode that's, that's so old that the president makes fun of how old it is. Old people oh, his, love uh, this shit. Yeah, we already glossed over that one. Did we? Which one? It was it when he was, was doing when he's doing his recording. Let's do this in one, shall we? Yes, sir. One take, Bartman. That's what old Jack Warner used to call me. <laughs> of, I, I assume that's of Warner Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Well, how would anybody know? I, no, I, I, 
I, you know, I thought about it. I thought, oh, I guess that's one of the Warner brothers. And then I immediately thought, I had no idea that those were actual brothers. Like, do that's we really, the, like, how did that not get cut? It's actually called the Dubba 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 writer. It got a, it got a laugh. Like, okay. It got a laugh in the room when the president told it. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's a good indication. Actually, he brings it back for another. Oh. Yeah. He sets it up and then he, he. I feel like this whole episode, if you were to watch it with, like, a dad. They would be pausing it the whole time to explain like everything to you and like, oh, the good old days. Like I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Dad. Um, next scene is Leo and Ainsley. Leo is talking to Ainsley about how he hasn't told her to be boss that she has been hired to work that for him. That is not what he's telling her. Most. He's it's... actually telling her that he has mm-hmm. told right. her. Right. Okay. Yeah. And he lied. She figures it out, uh, yeah. though, eventually. Lion Leo. You haven't told him yet. I have, in fact, not told him yet. No. So you lied to me just then. I'm a politician, Ainsley. Of course I lied to you just then. He's apparently not going to like it. He is a, a very uh, loud mouth, democratic uh, guy. And you know that's true because his name is Lionel Tribby. Good name. Lionel Maybe Trippy. Maybe the best name in the West Wing. Definitely the word for this week. Oh, Lionel sure. Trippy. It's like Kilgore Trout. It's yes. a good. <laughs> it's like Temple Grandin. It's like really good. <laughs> she says, okay, why don't you go tell him and then I'll come back. And he says, oh, no, it's fine. Uh, it's, he's on his way over. And then as they say that, uh, John Larroquette of Night Court fame. <laughs> yes, that's, I think that, that is what he's known He's John Larroquette. I know who that is, but I don't exactly know from what. Bust then. And he uh, has a cricket bat given to him by Her Royal Highness, uh, Queen Elizabeth II. How did he get that from her? It was a gift. What did he do for that gift? He beat her at cricket. You think? (laughs) They're all cricket buddies? Maybe uh, he studded out a horse for her. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? Like... She's into horses. If you'd if you'd watch The Crown, you yeah. know. Yeah. She, oh, is she this like, a Crown reference? She Not like, all of us have have seen The Crown. This she is li- about a different show. She likes uh, <laughs> watching her horses. Studded out. Yeah. With the lingo. Yeah. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. It's an American show. So. <laughs> American. America. Yeah, he's he's carrying that thing around like all over the White House in a very threatening manner. He like bursts into the Oval Office with it later. Yeah. He's basically constantly assaulting everyone. Yeah, he's super House. menacing. He's hilarious. And he is complaining first before Leo even has a chance to talk about Ainsley that Joyce and Brookline screwed up something when they were talking to Congress. They told about the them Rockford Files, the Rockland Memo, which they say <laughs> they say the Rockland Memo about three hundred times over and over. And over. It's the Rockland Memo, 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 the Rockland Memo. Is Rockland a name that has been dropped? No, I don't think past? I've ever heard this because it's such an awkward name to repeat that much without any reason. Can we give the Sorkin Name of the Week award to an inanimate object? Because I think the <laughs> Rockland memo is very evocative. Yeah, they said that they didn't have it, and they did. And apparently, you're not allowed to lie to Congress about that stuff, or even misstate yourself to Congress. Well, you have to immediately correct yourself if you find that there's a misstatement, as we learned from uh, James Comey recently. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So this is the whole thing now, and uh, Lionel Tribby had to cancel his vacation. That's like Sorkin's, like, this. I want to show this guy works hard. <laughs> I'm going to have him planning to go on a vacation, and it gets canceled. This happens over and over yeah, and over. Let me tell you something, folks. I'll never cancel a vacation. 
Okay, yeah. I don't care what uh, Lionel and Trivi down there did. I'll never cancel a vacation. Yeah, no. That happens so constantly. I'm just trying to think. There's like other examples coming up in the series. Like this happens what? over and over what? and over again for on the this Rockford show. Files. No, <laughs> I don't think so. But that's like that does happen. It does. Oh yeah, you had to cancel a vacation. Maybe to like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not important enough to no. have had to do that yet. But people that I work for have. Yeah, yeah. Like you spend all this money planning a vacation, and then you have to cancel it. But you go, yeah. you probably don't get your money back. No, but it's like you don't the, get the money you, back. The value of you being where you have to be to get Does something your work done. Give you a bonus it. equivalent to the value of the vacation. Do you expense? I'm it? talking about people who like own the business. Well, yeah. Oh, he doesn't yeah, own the like, White House, though. No, but he runs like it's his law firm essentially. Like, he's White House chief. He's like the, the general counsel. Yeah, like he he's supervising a team of lawyers. I didn't realize this when they were saying it last week. They said Ainsley, let's stick her in the counsel's office. Yeah. That's a guy. It, the it counsel. Could be, it could be like a few guys that are all on equal footing, sort of being participants. But generally, there's like one. Yeah, White House but to counsel. be clear, this is. Council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L, not council like a group of people getting together. Uh, C-O-U-N-C-I-L. That, consult. Yes, he's, yes. This is, in council's like the, is in, it the, the lawyer. It's S? a staff lawyer. Or is it S apostrophe? No, there's no pos. Like the council's office. Yeah, it's like, a, it's, it's oh, like yeah, someone who pos. gives advice, not like but a like written. But like where's the pos? Before the S. Okay, it's well, between the O and U. <laughs> no, no, like, is it is it one person or multiple councils office? Well, there are multiple council because a council is a synonym for a lawyer, essentially. So, but it is the chief council's office. Okay. Anyways, these two guys, Joyce and Brookline, I got a bad feeling about them. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like. I want to see. We'll, we'll see how it bears out. I trust these guys. <laughs> Sounds like they're on the up and up. You're going to be on the wrong side of history, Brady. I don't know. I feel good about this. I mean, do you know how bad it would have been for the president if Congress knew they had the Rockland memo? They were just doing their jobs. If Congress knew that the president was watching the Rockford files <laughs> when he was supposed to be doing memos. Who's got the old man references now? Wow. <laughs> and on the way out. He says, Ainsley uh, works for you now. He doesn't even like agree to it. He just like maniacally chuckles and then walks away. He's like, all right, no, see he, you later. He runs off with his paddle to address the president Into of the, the Oval United Office. States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I like when he, he says the president hired her and he's like, what president? Yeah. President of what? <laughs> yeah. So he bursts into the Oval Office yelling, waving his cricket bat around like a maniac. Mr. President, have you lost what little was left of your mind? I can't possibly work like this. I'm surprised Secret Service didn't take him down, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like, pre-9-11. Yeah. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, all the people are still there because the president's still recording his radio address. Like, the first thing he says is, these are donors, man. <laughs> Don't piss these people off. These are important people. <laughs> he quickly gets himself together because he seems like he's, like, cl- clued into democratic politics. He probably knows a lot of those people. We never get to see the scene of the president talking him through hiring Ainsley, but he doesn't really seem to have much of a problem with it later. The next scene is Toby and Sam. Toby says, we're talking to the labor groups later. Um, Cut this environmental bullshit out of the speech because nobody gives a shit. Sam's like, oh, really? Can we tell them how racist they are instead? (laughs) Like Toby's like, well, we have to make sure that we 
tell them how we're going to keep the jobs alive, not how we're going to protect the environment. Yeah, this is some pertinent ass shit, right? Here. It really is, and it's like such I, a like, throwaway line. I kept on writing these little things down. I was like, yeah, pay attention to this shit, Democrats. Like, <laughs> this is such a fantasy show, and yet I thought in this episode they really hit, like, they got close to understanding something that's a problem with the the modern day Democrats. Which is like they're, I mean, they just lost this election for not catering to the right interests to the unions to jobs not understanding what's going on now in the flyover states and it's not even he's not saying change our policy on this he's saying just don't bring it up in front of them you don't have to like lecture them about this talk about the thing that they like instead which is great sam talks to toby about josh's insurance problems and he's like oh yeah josh is probably gonna have to sue the insurance company and Toby says, I like a country where you can sue the insurance company, but not the people who shot you. Does a literal light bulb go on over Sam's head? <laughs> Sam's like, but you can. Wait a minute. <laughs> we can. And I'm amazed. That, what? How long was Josh out? Four months. And they never once thought civil suit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they really, really wanted to go after these it guys. It's kind of a weird episode. thing. It's kind of a weird thing because it wasn't really like an attack on Josh. It was an attack on like the like the White House and on the president and on like the president's aide. It's just something where you it's like a criminal thing, and you wouldn't really think about doing a civil suit. Because and you can see why because for, well, first of all, it's very unlikely that organization has deep enough pockets to pay all of Josh's medical bills, right? Then maybe they do, maybe they don't. But two, absent actually collecting the money for it, you're just doing it to harass them. That's like the main goal, right? It's not mm-hmm. actually there well, they want to cover damages. Sam says, oh, later, like, we can subpoena attendance records and computer downloads yeah, it's and like, weapon it's inventories. Using the litigation to, to harass them. Yeah. It, it really isn't there to... And, and the, and the worst part about Napster that is... Cues. Well, if you, if you get all of those documents in Discovery, then maybe you'll recover things that could be used in a criminal prosecution. So it's kind of like an interesting way of investigating something. And all of the other avenues that they have are shut down at this point, as far as they know. So it's something, it's a new idea they have. And so everybody gets on board with it pretty quickly, it seems like. After that is Josh and Donna. President did, she says 17 takes on this one, and he still didn't finish it. Um, mm-hmm. They had He had other stuff to do. So he's going to have to give it another shot later. And then she gets a fo- quick phone call. Sam wants to talk to Josh. And then Josh has some weird speech that he gives in response to that. And the weak shall be made mighty, Donna. Not might is right, but rather might for right. Might for right, but not might for tight or whatever. <laughs> um, it's no, that was it. It's really silly. Is these things pre-can? Do you think these people know these things and say them all the time? Or do you think they're coming up with these things on the spot? Who? The, just the characters in the show in general. You think this is like impromptu stuff or they just have these like 10 phrases that they know? Imagine these people are real. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy all of these things, have, a confluence of events occurred because I've had this perfect philosophical comment to make. Um, anyways. If might makes a right, then might is tight. <laughs> Josh goes out to talk to Sam, mentions to Donna... Don't eat my fries. And I just, I want to talk all about their lunch here because I think there's a lot of stuff going on. There's two things I noticed. Josh has a Pepsi and Donna has a Coke. So I don't know if that's like a commentary on their relationship. It's like a potato, potato kind of thing. Usually, isn't one. Those are actually the same thing. Well, yeah. 
Don, what I'm Don, Don is right here. Coke. Coke. And but isn't usually one of those companies like sponsoring the show, and that's why they put their cans yeah, on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And what restaurant are they getting food from that serves both Pepsi and Coke? Neither. No, you know, you're they're going to two different places. No, mm. uh-uh. And then Josh's French fries are just covered in ketchup. You got to dip those things. I'm man. a mayo. Yeah, that's mayo girl. Oh, you you don't you're put gonna, it on there. Your fries are going to get super soggy. No, you, yeah, you don't put. And also, your hands going to no. Mess you know what? Back in the Animal. day, Dad Stupid. and I would go. We would get the we would get the French fries and a cone. And you, do, right. and, oh, you put yeah. the, and you put the uh, ketchup on there, and you shake it. That's very European. And you shake it. You, you shake, shake the cone? it up. You shake what? the cone, and it get it evenly distributes. Where did the, you do this? At the Broward Mall. Oh, yeah, hmm. I remember. There was a French fry place there. They didn't get soggy. No, you shake it. How many fries are we talking about? Cone. About a yeah, cone's a worth. A cone of a cone. <laughs> a cone. Are these like like curly fries, nah, straight fries, duh. thick fries, straight, thin fries, thin cut, waffle fries. Nah. Straight thin. Straight you thin. Hear the man. Straighty thinny. And then you shake it. No, they don't get that uh, sogs because you eat them right away. All right. You eat them. You got to eat real fast. You got to eat. You got to eat. Yeah. Remember that ad campaign from Checkers? You got to eat. That's nope. true. I always thought that was smart. Because it's true. A, you got to eat. B, you got to eat Checkers. There's something missing there. Uh. Profit. Profit. Yeah. What about uh, "fuck you"? I'm eating from Hardee's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that one. That's from Idiocracy. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, Donna eats his fries because what else is going to happen at the end of that scene? Um, Casual sexism. The thing Sam wants to talk about is that he shopped around the lawsuit thing, and he's got to take her. The Southern Poverty Law Center wants him to sue the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. Is that KKKK? That's what I was going to ask. It's 4Ks. Why don't they Why aren't they KKKK? <laughs> That's a really yeah. good question. That is a really 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 good question. If we have any <laughs> listeners out there who are members of the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan, oh, can God. you write us in and let us know why not 4Ks? Yeah, yeah. Where that 4K go? Oh, and then one other thing. Uh Josh is uh behind his desk. There is a poster of an atomic bomb going off. Hmm. Weird. Huh. Hmm. Um, anyways, the first lady hmm. is in the screen. Is in the next scene after that? We haven't seen her in this entire. No, she was in the first episode of the season, right? Yeah, she was. She was there. The she was mourning, and now it's time to fuck. Yeah, she. Uh, the president. He gives a note to Charlie. Your EKG shows a good sinus rhythm. Okay. No evidence of ischemic changes. How are we spelling? Doesn't you? matter. Your electrolytes and metabolic panels are within normal limits. Chest X-ray is clear, and prostate screens are fine. Okay. So we can have sex now. Okay, that's not me and you, right? Then. Go. And this note is essentially like you're healthy to fuck. Yeah. yeah. His, his um his his prostate's good. checked out. You're like you're ready to square. Like what is it? <laughs> what is this uh, report? What's his health report? Yeah, he's ready to go. All clear. Yeah. Yeah. They were just they were talking it over and he wasn't he didn't know if he was ready. Well, she no, no, ran no. the numbers. No. After being shot, he probably He had was, surgery. Yeah, he was like recovering. Oh, he was shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's he, exactly when you want to get it. When you're stuck in the hospital bed. Uh-huh. Oh yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Four. <laughs> okay. 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 But okay, here's my question, right? Did she really have to 
send this information via Charlie. It's inappropriate. Well, how... I think this is part of the foreplay <laughs> is to get your staff to deliver because she's like forward about it. She's like, yeah, tell them you can have sex now. <laughs> Whisper it. To like, this is, yeah, like this is definitely un- an unnecessary flirtation with Charlie. It is weird. Like she didn't no, have to tell him that she shaved her beef. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> it's a flirtation with the president via Charlie. Yeah, maybe. It's like, let's make Charlie uncomfortable while I tell you this thing. <laughs> That's true. The president does really enjoy trolling people. Personally, I just wouldn't appreciate it if like my, essentially my daughter's boyfriend, who's also my like secretary, basically. Body like, man. But, oh, yeah. Okay. He like, was the body guy before he was Charlie's I mean, Zoe's boyfriend. I know. I'm just saying it's like kind of a, a complex move. Yeah. That's why it's a turn on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a power move. Yeah, we pres- don't get to president see comes barreling the into the room. Really? Oh, yeah. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Good afternoon, Mrs. Lanningham. Is there anything I can go away right now? You seem a little tense, Mr. Not president. Long, Mrs. Lanningham. But he can't, though, because there's a Korea meeting and they can't just lower the blinds of the Oval Office. Is that not cool? Can you not do that? I think the president could. Yeah. Who's going to stop him? Yeah. Who's going to stop me? And then he says his response to that is, God, I hate plutonium. Because <laughs> that's the meeting that he has to go back to is about plutonium. So they put it on the calendar for later. And that's going to be a couple scenes as we're going through the episode. The next scene is CJ and this army aide of the guy that carol was meant to have summoned earlier um cj is pretty short and tough with him she's like i'm gonna send you right back she says it's called ring and run it's called ring and run ma'am go back to the pentagon right now tell general barry cj craig says he's a coward yeah your boss is an old ring runner I, didn't, I, I never heard that phrase before. I nah, thought she I was, made it up. Not only have I never heard that phrase before, but the way it's used is like, oh, that's a thing that we all know. We've all heard it. It and does we all sound know like a military lame. thing, though. It's like a weak Doesn't thing it? to do. It sounds like a thing. I looked. Well, I, I Googled it. It's um, ring it It's like if you ring a doorbell and then run like off before the person answers. Yeah, like oh, sound yeah. an alarm and then We call hide. it the ding-dong ditch now. Siege. <laughs> now it's way better. Yeah. What you're doing, Lieutenant, is the old ding-dong ditch. (laughs) And the guy gets real mad and storms off. And then she goes, buck, buck, buck. Oh, yeah. She likes making that chicken noise. Um, Next scene is Leo and Ainsley again. They are wandering through some new sets that we've never seen before. basement, apparently. Finding Ainsley's office. There's a couple uh, little lines here from leo that are interesting it's about how like the personal toll like the scandals that we've seen only the white house side of have taken on the staff he's like people writing op-eds about how i'm a drunk and like people harassing my kids at baseball games and stuff like that and she's like yeah that was me Mm -hmm. i think those would have been interesting uh scenes in the previous season though to like flesh out the reality of like the scandal she's she's at like the baseball round like the game she's She's like jeering the sun you suck mallory your dad's a drunk (laughs) there were no consequences for that plot line that we saw so right he gave a little press conference and that was like the end of it there were like lots of camera flashes and he had that like weird like maybe british guy (laughs) what was the policy (laughs) position that they gave up to Call a truce for Leo. Oh, I forget. It was um like schools something maybe. 
They wanted. To... I think it was like a sex education thing. <laughs> yeah, that was just, yeah, that's come that was up it. a few times in this show. But anyways, um, yeah, I think they they realized that that would have been somewhat interesting, but they just ditched it as a plot line in the actual show. It could have been good. They eventually find the office. It's like downstairs of the downstairs, and it's it's in this room called the Steam Pipe Trunk Distribution Venue. I'm working in the Steam Pipe Trunk Distribution Venue. It's kind of got like an industrial chic thing going on. It looks cool. Yeah, it's pretty it's dope. Modern, pretty yeah. dope. That would be like a very expensive apartment in Brooklyn. Yeah, so. yeah. It's it has a venting. white noise machine built into it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, big brick. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that nice exposed brick. Yeah, it's like it seems like it's about three, four hundred square feet. It's yeah, a pretty you, decent office. You wrap some hemp around degrees. those uh, visible pipes. Yeah, you'd be good. It looks bigger than like Sam and Josh's offices. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so and I don't they can see like the sun and stuff. Yeah, who needs that? Who needs it? Some you could get plants that don't need any sun. Which ones are those? Like a uh, like N- one of those nightshade. One of those night plants. Mm. Yeah. Question: If you mushrooms, they're called choose, mushrooms. <laughs> if you had to choose between working in an open office or having your own office, but it's windowless, what would you do? The windowless thing. Yeah. I think I would choose an open office with windows. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever had my own office. I don't really have a frame of reference for that. Hmm. I've always been in open offices. You like it? It's fine. I just wear big headphones and turn up the music. If you had your own office, you could wear littler headphones. You don't have to wear any headphones. Yeah, you, you just, just listen to speakers. Yeah. So I do. Hmm. Do you That does I sound nice. I can't really listen wow. to music at my office because every time I put headphones on, someone asks me something. I got yelled at uh, at work the other day for wearing headphones. What? I wasn't wearing headphones. Uh, my boss, I respect you, like, you very much. It's just my Barry. ears. I didn't hear. I, I don't hear. I got hearing problems, you know? I have hearing problems. Did you have like a hearing aid in? No. No. <laughs> that would be fucked up. Did he... He thought you had headphones, though? He just doesn't like the headphones. But, but you weren't wearing them. I wasn't. No. Did you have something that looked like... Did you have like mock no, headphones? No. You just didn't hear him? I didn't hear him. I have notoriously bad hearing at work, and everyone has made jokes about starting a fund for me to get my ears checked out. And then you're like, what? And then they say it exactly the same. Yeah. You're like, that didn't help. And then I'm like, joke's on you. You're going to go get some candling done? <laughs> <laughs> when are they, yeah, when are they going to release the money? I don't know. When they've raised enough, maybe? Hmm. I haven't seen any physical evidence of money, so hmm. I don't really think it's a real fund. Well, technically, I think, there I think really is no physical joke. evidence of money. It's kind of like a concept we're all buying into. Wow. <laughs> That went in a direction I didn't expect. The next scene is they, there's like what oh, it seems like it would have been a commercial break here. Um, so it's Ainsley in her office with Leo, and then it's Ainsley in her office with Tribby, and he's like, "Why are you even working here? Aren't you a Republican? And don't you hate Democrats like the people on the TV say?" And she says, "I have a sense of duty, and don't doesn't everybody?" And yeah, he's not really buying that until she out old theater nerds him right and then he's like ah now i must show you respect so this is like a yeah, wrong so he, turn so he makes a qu- well let's set up that i said i feel a sense of duty what did you just walk out of the pirates of penzance sir well he's an englishman he's an englishman is from hms Penafore. it's from penzance don't tell me about gilbert and sullivan it's from penzance or the isle Lanthe, one of the ones about duty they're all about duty 
then it's from Pen4. Wait, so is this like Rogers and Hammerstein? Different there are people, two other but I think people. it's similar. Yeah. There this, are other folks. It's like... Are they musicals? Yeah. They're like comic operas. Oh, that they're, doesn't sound funny. They're English in the like comedy drama sense of the word comic. Mm. Like they have happy endings and, and lighter like, plots. Quippy remarks. Yeah, there's some dialogue. Um, I, I watched half of HMS Pinafore today. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, I really wanted to watch this in, in advance of this, but I didn't. I tried. Uh, I it wasn't necessarily can next week, my can thing. Can we watch just watch HMS Pinafore? And so we'll I, I did an entire plot like breakdown yeah. of the HMS Pinafore. Yeah. So we're gonna start that right now. Okay, <laughs> so we're just gonna embed the entire show. But uh, yeah, it's it's fine. A couple of the songs are pretty good. Um, what do you mean by pretty good? Ladies who can smile so brightly, sailors welcome most politely, welcome most politely. Sailors Catchy melodies and um, I don't know, you probably might you might even recognize some of Gilbert the songs. Gilbert Sullivan, Gil- Gilby Sully, Gilby mm. Sully. They're fine. They're not for me. <laughs> was that singing at the end of the episode? That was yes. That, that was the song uh, that includes he, the title. He's an Englishman, lyric. and uh, the, yeah, but it says like, and it's surely to his credit. So talking about somebody's sexist. duty. Yeah, and then but all of them ha- all of them are duty bound, well, so I it's surely being... to their credit. Uh, yeah, I thought being an Englishman was to his credit, but it was being said tongue in cheek, like, oh, there's something like so wonderful about being an Englishman, but like that isn't like in and of itself what's we worthwhile. Totally... We're not going to get into HMS Pinafore. Are we ignoring the hilarity of the term duty bound? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but like. The law school desensitizes you to the word duty. You're duty bound like the twice first a day. few times. You're like, <laughs> and then after you've said the word duty like a no, no, thousand no. Duty times, duty alone, I don't care about duty oh, bound. Duty bound. It's very funny. I guess I see there point. was one funny thing in one of the songs. It's where the captain of the HMS Pinafore gets introduced. Hot language or abuse, I never ever use. Whatever the emergency, no bother it. I may occasionally say. I never use a big, big D. What's never? No, never. What's never? Well, hardly ever. Hardly ever so it's a big, big D. Because they're talking about the word damn. Oh. <laughs> oh. And, and then he says, like, no, I never use my big, big D. And then he turns to, like, the audience and he goes, hardly ever. <laughs> what? It's, it's really funny That's in the body. In the modern context, it's really funny. Do they do they mean to make that joke? I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they really are talking about the word damn. Yeah, because they're talking oh, about swearing and No, like, they're talking about his dad. I don't think they had like the D they're as talking a about his dad. slang for his duh. His duh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we hold on. Okay. So, so when you're on your way to use the restroom, you are duty bound. <laughs> I think Elise was thinking about it a different way. No, uh, really. That's how I was thinking about it. <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess it's like you, 
duty bound could also be like constipation. Right. Like a struggle. Like your Ooh. duty's been bound. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but so what, getting back to the episode, like they start talking about how a major motivation for people to work in the White House is a sense of duty. And <laughs> I don't really understand why this is not being explored more cynically, right? And I guess that's because then you'd have to question all of the characters on the show. But no one does that. Who who goes to work in government in the last like two or three decades out of a sense of duty? Almost everyone that does it does it because of the I revolving like, door. But no, Ainsley does it out I of a like sense of duty. But they don't even talk about begin the their career door. in the government naively, like wanting to do good. What about Cal Penn? I guess, yeah. yeah. What about Cal he Penn? He was there for like six months. Yeah. Out of duty. What about yeah. Cal Penn? Is he now working as like a lobbyist at a consulting firm or something? Where did he go? Is He's he acting a rich again? actor I guy. haven't seen him in anything since then. Except for what's it called? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> but like, no, no. So you go to the White House and then you it. go. And then he said it's a good one. To the private sector. Wasn't yeah. it like Harold and Kumar or something? Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. they did the 3D one. Right. Oh, they um, go to 3D? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay, but like, the, even even Tribby, who she says, oh, you left the lucrative law firm in, what was it, Chicago or something, yep. right? He will then go back to his law firm, get a deferred salary, right? And be able to attract even more clients because he has all these connections to government. So this is a career Jason, move for him. This you're being entirely too career. cynical. This episode celebrates a bunch of white liberals for agreeing to work with a lady with different opinions. <laughs> they like throw themselves a little party because they don't like tell a woman that she's a bitch. Like that is the bare minimum. They are so up on their own dicks in this episode. They're like, we're so good that we accepted someone with different ideas. Not only someone with different ideas, but like someone who's pretty and female with different ideas. Also, very. Do you know how hard that is? Yeah, she talks funny just like we do. Yeah, she likes. She's a theater nerd. Musicals. Okay. (laughs) So in some ways. We're all the same. Hey, I'm an expert on these musicals. <laughs> They're only kind of bad, all right? <laughs> this is not a show for cynicism. We, the viewers, may be cynical. And indeed, we four are. Lionel Tribby <laughs> is cynical. Not a cynic. I mean, he, he is. He doubts her totally duty, her duty boundness. Her yeah. duty boundity. How binding the duty is. He doubts the bindingness of her duty. <laughs> So he does give her her first task as a White House, or second task. I guess she got CJ out of that jam last week. But um, she's going to go smooth over the Rockland memo thing. She's got to go talk to the Republicans in Congress and see what can be done to fix it. Yeah, then he nails her for speaking in iambic pentameter. I'd like to do well on this, my first assignment. Any advice you could give me that might point me the way of success would be by me appreciated. Well, not speaking in iambic pentameter might be a step in the right direction. I mean, this show, guys, this fucking show, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is is I didn't actually verify. I didn't map out her dialogue to see if it was iambic pentameter. She just ended the sentence with the verb. That's like that's like Latin style. It's the cadence. It's the way that she speaks. I I I think of it as more Yoda. Like I said last week. Yeah, Yoda is just Latin. Okay. Yes, you the, the sentences end in the verb. 
That is iambic, iambic pentameter. Would by me be appreciated? I think so. Maybe not pentameter. It's just a five-syllable verb. No, it's the way that it's pronounced. Appreciated. It's the stress. The alternating stress. I wouldn't know. I'm an yeah. English major. I went to school for... Okay. Sam and Josh is the next one. Sam is laying out the the case that they're going to make for this, like... KKK lawsuit. The following is in the possession of the FBI. A map and the president's itinerary given to the shooters by the chapter head of White Pride, a videotape of a meeting the shooters attended with the leader railing against interracial couples, specifically citing Charlie and Zoe, using the term lone wolf over and over, which is a phrase they use when they want their younger members to take matters into their own hands. And cite some other examples where, like, the same kind of suit went well for the person suing them. Um, it seems like Josh is considering it at this point, and it might turn out well. It seems like they have a pretty good case. Uh, anyway, I, f- I found it was kind of interesting that he- they mentioned specifically the lone wolf terminology, which, of course, today has been twisted to mean some brown person who was allegedly motivated by terrorists abroad to go on some sort of killing spree. But at the time, apparently, it was being used to describe right-wing terrorists. Yeah, I think it's applicable to anybody acting in that fashion, right? I just, I just, uh, you know, in a post-9-11 world, uh, especially now, the, the, the lone wolf terrorist has become a, a real big thing. I don't know if it was as much bandied about back in the day. Yeah, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I realize that this lawsuit would have gotten dismissed. <laughs> they Why? wouldn't Why have ever worked. They wouldn't have even gotten discovery because there's no evidence at all. I mean, everyone that was involved he died. He bought the book. It doesn't matter. No, they said the guy gave him like the president's like itinerary. They preached uh, about things. They used like Charlie and Zoe as but an yeah, example. Yeah, but without without evidence of causation, they did. There's no case. They need some kind of existing. They did a lot of memes. Specific allegations of causation. They can't just go on a fishing expedition to get the documents and stuff, and then they already have had the, the FBI what you, had the documents. The defense. What documents? The like schedule of the president and like maps and stuff and the books from the from the KKKK mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. KKKK just four okay. Ks. I mean then you did five enough. you actually did five Ks. Whoa, yeah, that's, whoa, that's whoa. probably enough then. 4K TVs. What's <laughs> up with that? That's why. KKKK TV. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Anyways, <laughs> I I took some medicine before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming through. Eric's sick. They go into Leo's office, uh Joyce and Brookline Screwed up the Rockland memo. Josh knows all about the Rockland memo. He's like, we have the Rockland memo. Everybody knows that. Ainsley's on it, though. So Wait, it's being taken care did of. Did you notice in Leo's office that Sam is wearing um, a shirt with his initials monogrammed on the pocket? I did not. That's funny. And his initials are SNS. Oh. What do you think his middle name is? It starts with an N. I knew this at one point. Nelson. That's what I think it is. Norman, I think. Norman? Is he a Samuel? Samuel Norman Seaburn. Seaburn. Nicholas? Seaburn. 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 Does anybody have other guesses? Oh, Nicholas. I think Norman. Nate. 
Nathaniel. Yep, it's Norman. It is. I called it. Wow. I think I they, they might have said it in the show at one no, point. No, they didn't say. Or it. I've read his Wikipedia you page before. You read the thing. Samuel Norman Sam Seaborn. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does the Sam come after the middle name? Yeah, I guess so. Is that how you say that? Interesting. Hmm. So, anyways, Angel's on it. Sam gets really territorial. I think I also better talk to somebody on government affairs. Tribby already sent Ainsley Hayes. To do what? Talk to the associate majority. Is something I couldn't do? You wanted to send a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. Everybody in the room's a lawyer. He gets kicked out of the room, though. Toby says, leave it, and says, not anymore about this now. And then they talk, Toby and Leo talk to Josh about the lawsuit, and they say... It's probably not the best idea. It's yeah, they, le- they don't like it for the worst reason. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to be inconvenienced We by could this. be embarrassed, though. Well, they w- that's what I was thinking when they first proposed it. They'd have to let him out of his job. They might have to perjure themselves. Well, they just have to... He couldn't be working at the White House while he was personally suing the people that attacked the president. Why not? It would just be like a... It would look really bad, look like a conflict of interest. Yeah, and we care about that. They seem to care about that. No, I'm just saying this country cares about conflicts of interest <laughs> mm. in well, the White House. If it's a distraction. It's yeah. something that we care about in our White House. We used to. We, yeah, not anymore. Did you, did you mention that they offer to quit their jobs and join his legal defense mm-hmm. if he decides to go through with it? I thought that was cute. He's still considering it, it seems like. Uh, it's up in the air at this point. And then Leo's got something to say about Gilbert and Sullivan, too. Yeah, you, no, it's HMS Pinafore. And then he's like, oh, but I don't really care, but it's it's Pinafore. Oh, wait, so why does everyone on the cast know this? Because they're terrible people, guys. <laughs> they, they're awful people. That, that, that's what this episode is about. The Democrat people, they like the bad musicals. No, 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 no. What this episode is about, Gilbert and Sullivan. They think they're smart. They like Gilby and Sully. All of these elitists, regardless of their party affiliation, like the they same come garbage about elitist garbage art. elitism. Yes, Gilbert and Sullivan is the Hamilton of the eighteen eighties. <laughs> really? <laughs> I listened to Hamilton this past week. You yeah. did, oh boy. and I will have you guys know. Yeah, and I am not going to give away my shot. Okay. Did you good, like good it? I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. And I'm not giving away my shot. Okay. Look around, look around. No one needs to hear this. Revolution's happening in New York. You really internalized this, huh? Look around. (laughs) You could just be making this up right now, and I would not know if if you were doing that or this is a real thing. No, this is like the this the what he is singing is like the most. It's like the the first song. Yeah. It's He's everybody. The most popular thing. It's everybody no, that went up and saying. is like, "I'm going to be cultured and listen to Hamilton." You get through yeah. one song before you turn it off. So <laughs> that's the one you quote. I'll have you know that I listen to all 46 songs. I, yes. I've never been able to get look through around, it. Look around, look around. 46 songs. It's a long show. How? It's like two and a half hours. How long, long are the songs? They're not that long. It's, it's really good, oh. guys. I'm here to tell you, it's actually good. I believe you. I just don't have $2,000 to pay. No, I didn't pay anything. But to see the show. No, I didn't see it even. I just listened to the music. Do they have any, like, winking references to the, like, Got Milk guy? He's a major character in the show. Aaron Burr, (laughs) sir. 
no, well, the actual is, guy that yes, oh, the guy in the the, uh, guy, the in the milk. milk commercial. No, yeah, no, they don't reference that. Okay. But I will always talk about it because that's what how we all experienced Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton for the first time. Was the milk thing? That didn't Remember the win. milk thing? Remember that the didn't win thing? any Pulitzers. Wow! That but it won the Pulitzers in our hearts, I think, and our it minds. Pulitzer in our hearts. What are you guys talking about? You're too, you're too yeah, young. Too you don't young. get it. Milk, milk. Check it out. Uh, Talk about. <laughs> a guy's got a mouthful of PB and J, and he's trying to answer a radio quiz. Oh, and he's like, he's like whoa. in the Hamilton Museum, and he knows the answer to this question, but he can't get it out because he, he doesn't does, have a glass of milk. Because you know what, he don't got milk. Milk. But God. also, like, you got it. How is he the only person who knows that Hamilton hadn't came out? The yet. only thing anyone knows because about Alexander that Hamilton incident preceded the milk commercial where everybody learned that no afterwards everybody knew it no because of that very popular commercial yeah i didn't know yeah so did you know that alexander hamilton was killed in a duel everyone who thinks duels are interesting 10 duel commandments about, that's like the most famous One. duel ever first you do the duels two then you take out the other duels <laughs> i forget the that one is this a song from yeah, the show it's called the 10 duel commandments that sounds stupid. Yeah, no, no. You really could be making this up. Would not <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Just wouldn't know. I think you're making that one up. Oh, yeah, okay. The ten duel like the, But the melody, too. The melody, it's just like an arbitrary melody. You know? Which melody? The look around. My favorite one Broadway where he's songs. like, I'm Alexander Hamilton. I'm here to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah That one. No, seriously. That could be real. <laughs> no, it goes, Alexander Hamilton. And there's a million things I haven't done. Do we have like to that. pay for the yeah, rights that, to this? I, it, it literally <laughs> no, could just something you just Alexander made up. Hamilton. I think you're making this up. You're just saying... That's like, like the first song. Alexander Hamilton. That's also from the musical. She didn't see it. I didn't see it. She never saw it. it I saw it in my mind's eye. Anyways, back, back to the show we're watching here. Um, <laughs> Hercules Mulligan. <laughs> they... That's a character. He says his name. All right. uh, Yeah, they go to the Oval Office. It's take 21 of session two of the weekly address, and it's 5.45 p.m., Charlie notes. And that's almost the train to Fucktown's almost left the station. (laughs) Was that that penciled in for 6 p.m.? She has to leave at 6, they said earlier. Oh, my God. He's got time. He mentions earlier he's, he's got only, time. He's only going to take a couple minutes. He's very upfront about that <laughs> earlier. We don't need an hour. <laughs> then the president rushes out of the room, and he does some very poor covering to not say like, "I need to go get my dick wet." No, <laughs> he's <laughs> like, "I got a very important meeting of the government." I have to go now to a special meeting of the government. I will mail you all an autographed copy of the picture we took together, and one day. We'll all understand. For the government, he's very clear, actually, uh, in a funny way to the kids. You'll understand later. You'll you'll understand when you're older. He basically says, like, one day you'll know I I left to get my dick wet. <laughs> but uh, as he's running up the portico to go uh, meet with her, Charlie's like, she had to leave early to go to Pennsylvania, and she'll be back later. And so he goes back in to uh and sheepishly has to go back in to a bunch of kids he's got a full boner he just covers it with why his jacket he just go rub one out for five minutes 
Nah. What, what an idiot. He's saving he's it up president. for Mrs. B. Yeah. What if, you know, I mean, he's an old man. He's on that was seri- all he had? Like, he's on serious yeah. tilt. Like, he needs to, like, get over this. Yeah. Uh, I don't want call, the president a, making decisions. Put a boner like, into Mrs. Landingham. <laughs> Mrs. Like, Handyham. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's going to get her drunk. He threatened yeah. that earlier. Yeah. I, I like the idea of the president walking around, like having to like hold like a bust of George Washington in front of his pants. <laughs> yeah, Washington's in this too. <laughs> CJ and the general is the next scene, and um, this guy busts into a room, yelling at the top of his lungs. I've ordered many men on assignment, Miss Craig. I've sent them to Waste City, Quezon Village, Denae. Don't interrupt me, lady. He calls her lady a bunch of times. Lots of yelling. He's like, I've I've sent men to Bermuda and. Barbados yeah, and yeah, I've yeah. committed atrocities across the globe. Yeah. You're like, by the way, this guy's talking, he's a he's an army Bermuda guy. In Barbados, did he send them on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, We fought at uh Nam. Says Nam. <laughs> I've sent men to Bermuda. I've sent men to Bahamas. Come on, pretty mama. I was gonna go there, but I'm glad you did instead. CJ uh Makes a couple uh, very short-sighted references to, like, mock his, like... He's like, our military isn't ready enough for what it needs to be ready for. And she's like... No, sir, I think that's about the Cold War ending 10 years ago and America not needing to spend quite so much money defending itself against a country that can't bake bread. Two divisions have been rated C4. That's the lowest of four possible readiness grades. It means unfit for service. No, sir, again, with all respect, I hate to disagree, but it means unfit for service based on the Pentagon's two-war doctrine. It's based on how fast these divisions would be able to extract themselves from their peacekeeping mission, retrain on home bases, and ship off to a second of two full-scale Gulf War-sized conflicts. Come on, man. You're worried that Russia is going to be a problem and then that we're going to have two Gulf War-sized conflicts at the same time. That's impossible. <laughs> like wow, everything I never that she, of that. everything that she like says, like you're being paranoid right now, and like you need to bring it down a notch. Is like things that like happen within ten years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Now that you mention it, because I was gonna say like at first she tries to fight him with logic, and then she's like, Nah, I'm just gonna blackmail you instead. Yeah. Uh, the general quickly he calls her kitten. Kitten. Which he, he does that say that was, kitten. That was really yes. funny to me. I don't know why. I know it's stupid. So CJ uh, says, Okay, you're you. You're not listening to what I'm saying. So, well, how about the pin? How about your stolen valor, Mister? Wow, bruh. <laughs> she starts following him around with like a cell phone camera. Stolen valor, <laughs> stolen valor. He has a medal for a thing that didn't happen or something like that. There was no combat on that boat. Okay, never got fired at. He did the thing that that news guy did. Brian, we got a medal. For that. John Kerry. Oh yeah. <laughs> but John but really, Kerry, though. The, yeah, re- Hillary she, Clinton. She reversed way, swift guys, boats him. I just got to say, fake news. Everything is fake, fake news. news. Do you what know what is? I learned? Swift boats? Swift boats. Yeah, sure. It's fake that was news. fake news. Yeah. No one said shit. What was fake news? Swift boats. They were like, John Kerry got a purple heart, but he didn't actually get hurt. Oh. But he got hurt. They wore purple bandages on their cheeks at the RNC. Do you know what I learned this week? I learned that Snapple facts are not all facts, and I think this is the source of the fake news fake problem. Facts. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Right? When you twist open that cool, crisp Snapple, you expect nothing but truth. If you call them facts, they must be facts. It's a very hard word to say. Yeah, it's pretty basic. You did really well. Facts. Yeah. Okay. You, gotta... you practice. <laughs> you know. You just practice. You know. 
They're not true, though. How do you know that? Are you exposing? Because... Are you doing an expose? I heard a Snapple fact that I didn't believe, and then we looked it up at work. You snopsed the Snapple? And it was Snopsles. not true. And then someone was like, wait, you didn't know that Fackle... Snapple... <laughs> Fackle <laughs> yeah. Snapplejacks? Spoonerism. Yeah, that. Um, no, that Snapple facts aren't all true. Like, only some of them are. It's, it's up to up you to figure, you to figure out. out. And then my exactly. head literally exploded. <laughs> um, but it was the fact. Still working on the literally. Yeah, literally exploded. Yeah. I'm not even here right now. Um, no, but the fact was that I think owls are the only bird that can see the color blue. Not true. I believe it. Not true. No, I'm telling you. I even people looked that up now. how they like test animals for sight. For how do I know All of that it. when an owl sees right. blue, it's the same blue that I that see? That was the right. first question someone asked, and then I started. I actually read a lot after that about how animals perceive color. I still don't think there's any way for us to know that. Yeah, and what's it like to there's be a bat? There's a lot of like behavioral tests that we can Nagel do. Nagel it's, says it's impossible to truly understand. Right. Look at their um, retinas no, 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 no. under we, a no, microscope. No. We know that the thing we see as blue, yeah. they can see distinguished from the other portions of the spectrum yeah but we don't know if they see it the same way we see it and they probably don't no but there's certain like cones and rods yeah the cones in their eyes did you know in russian they they actually have two different words for blue a light blue and a darker blue don't we have that in russia al sees blue navy what are the words the point is how many words do they have red some linguists think language defines how we think yes that's yeah. a radio lab episode yeah yeah have no. you heard that one until they invented blue pigments there was no concept of the color blue Whoa. so like when people would write about like the color of the sky and the ocean they'd be like the gray sky and the dark red ocean nobody ever referenced it and then they like came out with pigments that could make like blue inks and stuff and people are like the sky is blue what about (laughs) blue jeans didn't have them yet what about uh blueberries that's purple isn't it yeah what about uh bluebird what did they call that just a bird but (laughs) (laughs) purple purple couldn't have existed without blue so right that's why dark purple was really dark red that's not true. He just made that up. That was a Snapple no, fact. He said the dark that was a ocean. Snapple fact. Don't you Snapple fact us. I think Radiolab might be Snapple facting us what? quite a bit. It's possible. I'm not I'm not fact checking that show. Snapple fact check. By the way, that. we're going to get sued by Snapple. <laughs> <laughs> we've like we've turned their brand into like the synonym for lies. They, it is. It is. You know how heartbroken I was? When it's I a bottle out. full of lies. It is a bottle full of sugar and lies. So a, a weird dramatic choice that they made, or like a editorial choice, is when CJ's like, oh yeah, I'm going to ruin your entire career. And for one, somebody can't disagree with you without having like a shady past. And of course, like anybody that disagrees with these people must, by the laws of the West Wing universe, have some sordid history that needs to be exposed. And then when they like, she makes the big like turnaround on him. They play, like, victory music under it. You're wearing a medal you never won. How does that usually go over with the boys? He never served in uniform, not once. And he presumes... Is there anything else, sir? 
yeah, we won one by like blackmailing this guy's like <laughs> reputation that he's built up over 30 years. Well, he it's... deserved it because he was going to do something really mean. Right. But, but then so at the easy. end, the president's like, he's going to ding dong ditch. He's a hero. Let him do whatever he wants. But here's the thing How did she know this? How did the president already know it? It seems She's like got the Leo FBI and files. the president knew this about him and gave it to CJ to use in this meeting. And like, because she he knows she used it and she knows about it and he knows about it. And who she's knows not surprised about surprised that he knew about it. How does he not know he knows about it? Right. So did Wait, the who's, president? Who's the he? Who's the, he? the president. So there's a how president. Does he, how do you know that? Does the president and Leo do like opposition research on their enemies within the government? Wait, no, the president doesn't. For just such a scenario, Leo definitely does. When does the president address this? Leo he's has later on at the end of the episode. He's no, like, he's, like, he well, says, no, he let says him, like, let him, him, let the man be your dog. Yeah, he says, let him out the, out the hook. Like, He's, let him go say what he wants. Right, but, but, but like that means she, he knows that she put him in the penalty box by threatening to expose his fake. Metal. I didn't, so, I didn't so interpret they, it that way. So he's going to go on there, but he's going to like censor himself to some degree because he knows, like, if he goes too far, that this thing he is hanging know, out. He over can't th- criticize the president, yeah, or else he'll his entire career will be destroyed. And now he's saying to her, like, you know, tell him that they're not going to use that. And he can say what he wants to say. But I'm just saying, how did they find this out about him? Very quickly. Like, within, like, hours. She must have had it all along. I don't know how you find this out about him within hours. How I don't did either. The it doesn't make any that. sense, yeah. Unless it's, they, it's in a file somewhere. They have, a, they have, like, an enemies list, and they have the goods <laughs> on all those enemies just I in case they're going to they're gonna dong and ditch. Next scene, uh, Ainsley comes back uh, into the White House. She seems like she had a good meeting. She's like, has a smile on her face. She goes and talks to Joyce and Brookline. One of these guys kind of looks like a Timothy Oliphant impersonator a little bit. They both look like people that would be like FBI agents in the background of something. Yeah, like they were in the wire. Yeah. What is their position? They work in the communications office somehow. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that means they're testifying to Congress, but they seem to work under Sam, though. I think. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. They're anonymous White House staffers. She has, like, some scolding to do to them. But before that, they are extremely rude to Ainsley right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Is there someplace a little more private we can speak? What do you think, the Oval Office? The Oval Office works. Or the cabinet room. Why don't we just step out into the hall? We can go meet in the Oval Office. That work for you? Yeah, what does that mean, though? <laughs> what? I didn't even get that. What is it? They think they're, like, hot shot. Uh, making yeah, jokes. I don't... I, I don't it's get... not a good, like... Mean it's not way. really a good put down. No, it's not Never. a good put down. No. It's not a good put down. No. No, it's not a good put down. And Ainsley takes him out into the hallway and it's like, I fixed your screw up. All you got to do is write this little letter and just CC the uh, Speaker of the House and the Majority Leader and just say, yep, we had this memo. I misspoke. All good. And the guys are like, but I don't want to. You're, you're bad. They basically <laughs> call her a coos. Coos? I don't know. It what seems, is that? It seems like a gross word. <laughs> yeah, so these guys are just total a-holes, top to bottom. Every every line that they have is just reinforcing that. Imagine a total a-hole from top to bottom. Yep. <laughs> Full on. Big poops. <laughs> <laughs> they go back inside. They cut the meeting pretty short. Our impressions on these guys is borne out by experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Brayden, what do you have to say for yourself? You had a good feeling about them. I was wrong because <laughs> they turned out to be class A jerks. Mm-hmm. 
terrible. Uh, next scene is the president and the first lady in the residence, and it's time time for that romance that was promised. She's back from Pennsylvania. Yeah, let's get it on, baby, baby. The first lady would like some romance and some cocktails before, but uh, she's pres- going to put on a special outfit. President doesn't have time for that though, and he says, "If you're going to take too long, I'll just give Miss Landingham a call." <laughs> I like that uh, Miss Landingham's oldness is a subject of humor. <laughs> to them but i will say let's let's just remember this scene for like two two is it two and a half seasons from now i don't know season and a half i'm just i'm just putting a marker down okay well remember remember. that we'll remember he made a joke about boning miss Lanningham. oh and then they finally do it okay no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers (laughs) the first lady talks about where she had been all day she was at this statue dedication for a Nellie Bly. For Nellie? Nellie Bly. I never heard I learned this about rapper. her on Drunk History. I learned about her on an episode of The Bowery Boys. Mm. It's oh, really good. Love it. Yeah, there's yeah. one about her. She did a couple things. She did that Like a Bird song. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, Nellie. She did. Uh, the thing that they mentioned in the show is she recreated the like Around the World in 80 Days thing but she actually beat the 80 days in 1890 she traveled around the world in 72 days six hours 11 minutes and 14 seconds besting by more than one week jules verne's 80 days she sounds like an incredible woman abby i'm particularly impressed that she beat a fictional record if she goes 21,000 leagues under the sea i'll name a damn school after her let's have sex when it- and she also went and stayed in an insane asylum yeah. for women so that she could write about how they were treated and so they would get better treatment. I'm like a bird. I want to fly away. Yeah. I don't know right. where my soul is. You could be making this up. Really. I don't know where my home is. <laughs> this is a real song. Is it? Yeah. No, but seriously, this lady did good stuff or what? She yeah, was yeah, yeah. a groundbreaking journalist. Okay. Good for her. And the first lady does not like the president's dismissive mockery of her achievements no she doesn't she basically ruins fucky time over yeah. it it's no sex do they tonight, not even do they, they don't did, even bang bang they, they do don't not do, someone might do do you mm. know later though mm-hmm. no no sex <laughs> for prez tonight um, damn miss landingham on call tonight <laughs> or charlie apparently body man um there's another scene with sam and josh uh this is actually where they talk about the other court cases that we're like that. And then Josh is like, eh, I don't know. And that's that's that scene. Ainsley walks by and then Sam's like, eh, give me a minute. I got to go talk to Ainsley. So Sam's being the typical intolerant left. Sam is being like, hey, did you uh, fuck with my best friends? Uh, what's his face and who's its asshole? Because uh, they said that you were mean to them and they're my dudes. Not cool, <laughs> they're my, lady girl. They're my frat bros. How does nobody else in this White House in this white house realize that these guys are not cool (laughs) they're real downers it seems pretty obvious from the second they come on screen but anyways she says like please do not yell at me right now she's like almost crying and then she walks away and then sam follows her down to her office and there's a bouquet of dead flowers on her desk and a little card that says bitch which in many cultures is a sign of disrespect. Very disrespectful. <laughs> also, yeah. they trashed her office. They did. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it looks like she's in it, some sort yeah, of she's basement. In, like, they, yeah, they fucked up her office. Yeah. <laughs> it's all these pipes in there. Pipes and shit. It's gross. They Fuck. tore down all the drywall and yeah. just left all so the exposed like rats branches. and shit. This is like a level of meanness that I can't even comprehend. 
Like, can you imagine if someone did that to you at work? I would quit. Like, can you imagine like buying like dead flowers? Like, what a waste of money! That's like, actually a really good point. Where they get the flowers? Where the fuck do you get dead like, flowers? There's flowers put, all put, over put them in the, the oven house. or something. <laughs> yeah, microwave them. Fresh flowers in the oven. <laughs> and then Sam kind of goes into like Batman mode here. He's like, "Who did this? I will avenge you." <laughs> <laughs> but then he kind of like pressures her for information. Yeah, about she, who did he this grabs guy. her and shakes her shoulders. <laughs> yeah. really don't, why don't you tell me? <laughs> um. And he figures out, he's like, how did your meeting with uh, my, my buddies go, Joyce and Brookline? And she's like, that was great. And then he's like, was it? Was it really? Oh, really? Yeah. Show, Those dicks? Show me on these dead flowers where they insulted you. <laughs> she points to the sign and says, bitch. <laughs> and then, so Sam goes down to their office. And this, this is a great scene. He, he very showily fires them. He's like, when I write something, I sign my name. She works here, which is more than I could say for either one of you. fired s seaborn writes in really big letters and beautiful script yeah he's got lovely wonderful handwriting, handwriting. he writes you're fired talented guy sam in no. No, quote oh, sam seaborn he, he writes samuel norman quote sam seaborn esquire and then tribby happens to be in the room here let me send you an sns message <laughs> it's like a t- like a text yeah, Sam, Norm- Sam Norman Seaborn. Okay. This scene just makes. And they're so like, and sense. they're like, hey, you can't fire us, bud. We don't work for you. But, but they do. I think they work for like Toby, technically. I guess. Well, I guess they work for uh, Tribby. Tribby. Lippy. No, but Tribby. No, no, tri- no, they don't work for Tribby because he's they're earlier. Like, he's like, your guys can't go up to the hill and drop yeah, their testimony on. In front oh, because of me. Because Tribby comes in, he's like, well, yes, he can fire you because I'm the one firing you. Well, yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's, no. But no, he's just saying, I interpret the law to allow him to fire you. And it's <laughs> I'm like, a smart law guy, law and I that. agree he can do the fires. He says, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> he's there to back him up. I guess, I guess if two people higher than you in the org chart try to fire you, then and it's And one a of quorum. them has a large stick. And Does so, he have a stick, though? He didn't have the stick. So like, Tribby comes so close to expressing what really would happen in this scenario. He's like, time to write your books, bitches. Yeah. But really, it's like, no, time to go get your consulting job with like a Republican think tank. Bitches. Yeah. And then as they're in the hallway, Sam's like, hey, I don't want to get in the middle of nothing, but it's from Pinafore, bro. <laughs> Were you the... What is it? Were you the recording secretary for the Princeton, Gilbert, and Sullivan Society for two years? He's like, I was. actually, I'm a much worse person than you are. Like, they made every single character unlikable in the show. Yeah, Obs- look, obsessed this with these plays. is why we lose elections, people. <laughs> okay? You think you're smart? It's Gilbert and Sullivan. You're not fault. smart. Get over the Gilby Sully. Why did you have to make... Ev- I guess the president is the only character that doesn't talk about this shit. In this episode. You know he's into it. You know yeah. he oh. So then the next scene is Saturday morning, which uh, Angelie said she would be working. So that's when she said to Sam, like, come back Saturday. I'll be here. You, you can, can yell at me then. You can me then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's Saturday morning. The president's doing his radio address. He's like, I'll do it live, like Bill O'Reilly style. <laughs> do it live. That's what I always say. No. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live fucking thing sucks um and but he <laughs> re- doing it live he rewrote the the whole thing yeah, to talk about he rewrote it somebody rewrote it not 
the first lady to talk about important ladies in u.s history the way that this kind of stuff usually works i'm sure that they pissed off some like agrotourism board of (laughs) vermont leaf peepers that like (laughs) lobbied to get the president to talk about this in his address and he's like yeah i'm not gonna do it we're gonna talk about this other lady instead and then as he's like finished the first lady's like yay isn't that great uh and then the president's like you forgot one important lady the Statue of Liberty, a fictional one, the most important lady in American history. <laughs> and then CJ comes in, and this is where the, like, the president uh, says, basically, yeah, let the guy go on the show and say what he's going to say, whatever. You know, he's an old general. I don't know. I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind that there's like somebody that disagrees with the president. He was the, he was the most eager person to go to the battle, and then he stayed the longest. Yeah. <laughs> He's the most gullible and let him most talk. stupid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, they're going to let him go do his morning show things, and nobody's mind's going to get changed because of it. Does somebody here at this point mention that the president's getting his personal staff time? Uh, CJ, the president's going to take a little personal staff time. hey um, Like that... his penis. Like his dick, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. I did not catch that. The next scene is Josh and Sam. Josh is out of the lawsuit, he says. He's like, it's too small. I don't... $100 million lawsuit seems like a pretty big inconvenience, personally, but he doesn't want it to be like he slipped in their driveway and he's suing them. The lawsuit's off, so that whole plot line that we were thinking about, just call it off. (laughs) Cancel it. Yeah, but it was good for the episode. It was nice. Yeah. They get a phone call and says, she's here. And then Ainsley comes into her office. They cut down. They don't really show where they go. Ainsley comes into her office, turns on the light, really loud opera starts bad, playing. Bad music. She is an Englishman. She's gonna get murdered, <laughs> right? <laughs> By someone with yeah. bad have, musical taste. If you came into a dark, like, basement and turned it on, it was, like... After someone full... had left you dead flowers saying, bitch. Yeah, and there's, like, full, like, ear-deafening opera. This is some well, Hannibal Lecter shit. They, yeah. did, they did some, like, nice decorating on the You're way You're not noticing in. the, like, oh, no. poster behind you. <laughs> By the way, the only moment. posters were for Pinafore and Pirates of Penzan. There yeah. was no other posters. There was one for like the Savoy there, like, Theater a... or something oh, too, okay. but it was like it was all Gilbert and Sullivan themed stuff. Then she goes into her office, and our our gang, our senior staff level gang, is all singing some song at her. They're the accepting guys, and Toby's just like hunched in the dark yeah, not corner of her desk. I like, thought I saw him smoking chair. a cigar on like her eating desk. cake. <laughs> She's very excited about it though. She gives like a little like clappy hands at him. It's cute, I guess. Kind no, of. it's it's nice. I'm glad that our favorite characters are basic, decent human beings <laughs> that will agree to be sort of okay with people that are different. And that's the end of the episode. Yay, and, we did it. And that's the credit shot, too, is the, the gang in the office. Let's, boop, let's boop, be boop, kind boop, to the theme of this episode and just try to say maybe what brought them together to be supportive of Ainsley was to see her victimized and that Democrats in the end are moved most to protect people who are victims. Or was it a symbolic gesture in which they wanted to show themselves how much better they were than the baddies? 
who don't respect those that are other than them. Is there a 24-hour Gilbert and Sullivan poster store in <laughs> <laughs> no, or something? Where does no, Sam, no, Sam was the treasurer stuff. of yeah. the bad It's a personal oh. collection. Oh, he dipped into his personal stash for <laughs> yeah. this stuff? Okay. They all have like multiple copies. Yeah, they of those just all they, just, they did a quick stop by all their homes. Yeah. Well, like at the end of that little party, he they, was like, "I have to take all these posters back now." <laughs> they put a like this really nice rug in her office too. Yeah, <laughs> that like was they, a Gilby Sully rug. So uh, headlines, I I, oh, I I don't really geez. have any headlines. I'm gonna try I didn't to come do up any headlines. Guys... I didn't I have, do any headlines. I have trials and tribulations. Tribby tribulations. Tribby tribby. Okay. Lations. Like my little trippy. Is that all, Jason? You got any? Mm. Yeah. So, and in in our defense, not a lot of stuff happened in this episode. Oh, here I've externally. Got one. Um, gifts of keychains for White House visitors. Yeah. That should be a headline because it's a crap gift, guys. Come on, unless it has the bottle opener on the keychain. That's right. Then that's handy. That's right. I did one at work. <laughs> it was about a deer. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And these parks, these parks workers say they actually sometimes will help the deers uh, escape to safety in violation of official city policy. I call them vigilantlers. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's good. Not relevant to this, but no. good. <laughs> no, it's not. No, no not at all. Also, there was one at work where more women, when they're pregnant, they're smoking marijuanas. What? Yeah. More than what? More than before. How do we even know that? Is that a problem? Seems like a problem. You shouldn't smoke when you're pregnant. Remember? And I called it Mary with children. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Yeah, that's funny. There's still tar when you smoke. Hot, right? It's not what we're talking about right now. Oh. What, if, what if you're vaping, though? <laughs> yeah, you gotta vape. That might yeah, be vape okay. pen. Or just, like, eat it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotta mm-hmm. eat. Gotta eat, yeah. Yeah, you gotta. You're eating you for two. About... QED. Do you know what's really Checkers. interesting? Why don't people that care about GMOs care about the fact that all marijuana is GMO? Maybe they do. Why are there people like, uh, give me the non-GMO stuff? Do you, Do you think that there are... Anti-GMO potheads? Probably. Wow, people are dumb. But we're, um, we're, yeah. Guess what? We're all hypocrites. They couldn't smoke any pot these days. Every yeah. single person is a hypocrite. Wait, how? We're all, we're just all, we're assholes. People suck. <laughs> we're just shit balls. We're I balls of shit. The past three episodes ended with you just saying how horrible everyone is. Look, I love you guys out there. Not you. Not you. You. You're the. You know. You're. You might be okay. I don't know. You suck. Y'all suck. <laughs> People okay. are bad. I mean, you. Y'all are great. We're gonna cut this. Right? Y'all. We so, love. So final thoughts on this episode. <laughs> yeah. I, feel like- I, I apologize for no headlines. Um. Whatever. We'll do double the headlines next week. Yeah. Double headlines. Oh, that's a big promise. <laughs> I feel like this was a meh swing. Yeah. I liked this one. I like it too. A lot. I, I thought, thought it, was it was really funny. It was funny. Yeah. And it, it, it touches on lots of issues. Yeah. Like a lot of issues. Which are, and, and maybe they're not like 
major issues in the show. But I just love how we we start right away. We're talking about health care. We're talking about problems with health insurance and gun control and the justice system and all in one. That's true. And it was a very charming episode. So it's kind of like you have all these issues that are cloaked in a charming veneer. And we get another good new character too, Lionel Tribby. Trippy well, Lipney. He's not yeah. in the show a whole lot going forward, but he's a yeah. he's a good bit player for the few he's in there. Yeah. I thought the uh the Joyce and Brookline guys were a little broadly drawn. <laughs> yeah. Just like dicks. Yeah, like no no nuance to it. Well, the same thing with the general. Like every character that's that's victimized by our our you know favorite characters always has to be so horrible that you couldn't possibly feel guilty. And then even at the end, like uh, be nice to the guy. Oh, oh, I know. Uh, we'll have him call her kitten. Yeah. So in case you already didn't hate the dude for just coming right in and yelling and having bad hair. Now he also says kitten. And he's wearing non-ironic metal. Kittens are mischievous and adorable, so I think that's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> they should have come up with I believe more... this podcast is officially pro-kitten. Pro-kitten, yeah, Take indeed. that to the bank. Yeah. But not pro-using the word kitten. No, 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 Unless no. Unless you're talking about kittens. About, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'd also accept calling an adult cat a kitten. If they're your baby. I'm yeah. fine with calling a baby cat a cat. You could also call your cat mm. Mrs. Princess. <laughs> I thought all the president sex stuff was pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah that was that, good. That was a funny He should line. do sex more. I think it's good for the president to do sex. Sam was a little weird in this episode. I thought he was... He's still holding a grudge against Ainsley, although he seems over it now. Maybe we saw a glimpse of the Sam from the beginning of the, of the show. Evil lawyer Sam? Well, he that was before we really knew his deal. But like in the beginning of the show, Sam is kind of a dick. And even in the timeline of the show, like to CJ in the first few episodes of the show, he's like a dick to CJ. He uh, he's distrustful of women that come in, like CJ said. Yeah, takes a little while for Sam to warm up to him. Interesting how all of the male characters who seem to be reflections of uh, Aaron Sorkin's personality have <laughs> bizarre views of women. It's kind of interesting how men are dicks to women, huh, folks? Yep. Eh? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Anyway, remember to spay and neuter your, your pets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't the deepest Both. episode. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really tackle any policy stuff in depth. It doesn't have a particularly important plot line. Um, it endears Ainsley to the staff. She's one of the gang now. They can drop the pretenses of not liking her anymore they sang yeah. to her this this episode represents when i actually start calling her ains <laughs> yep. yeah and everybody else in the show did too mm -hmm. no uh, yeah but uh I, yeah there's no there's nothing vitally important about this and the main plot line with josh and sam is like swept under the rug by the by the end of this episode even they don't even like try to make it drag on for longer so not an important one but a decently charming one. So I I think that the the actor that plays Ainsley Hayes like really had a lot to lose in this episode and really did an amazing job. She's she's good. She's she really good. Other things. No, I, I like, like the dialogue she gets is really not that. I great. think she has like a USA show or something like that. Let's find out. And I'm Brayden. <laughs>